Hello and welcome to Physical Culture Radio. Today I'm your host, Chris Edmonds, lead Mountain Dog Diet Coach and Trainer. Um, along with me is my co-host today is Angela Edmonds. Uh, our normal host, Greg, is out on vacation today, so her and I will be filling in. Uh, last time you met her, uh, we talked about the topic of success, and today we're going to kind of piggyback off of that and kind of talk about how your inner circle can affect your success or your failure in the long run, as well as the short run. But um, I thought it'd be really cool if we kicked off today's episode with a little brief intro about uh, her current diet and what she's been doing. So I'll, I'll kind of kick it off. Uh, right now, she's uh, I'm doing her meal plan. Uh, so we decided as of last week that her first day was going to be this uh, past Monday. So we sit down and formulated a game plan. She had told me, look, I'm just sick of food and I'm ready to start dieting. So <laughs> um, typically when I have a client that comes to me with that, I always like to start their first day off with as a fast. Um, so you'll see a bunch of different types of fasting out there. Um, if you go to the Mountain Dog One YouTube page, you'll see multiple videos about where he talks about that and how he likes to implement that with his clients. Um, how I did it for her uh, is I, she wakes up early to go to Orange Theory to teach. Uh, she roughly wakes up around four o'clock in the morning for that. So you figure her last meal came on Sunday around eight o'clock p.m. on Sunday. So then I just told her our goal was to wake up and try to go without eating as long as she could physically take it. So she made it to, what, about 2 o'clock? Mm-hmm. Um, so about 2 o'clock on Monday, and then she was just absolutely ravenous from that point forward. So a lot of people always like to ask during those fasts, what do we eat, what do we drink? Um, I typically like to have people stay away from amino acids or things that have calories of any sort in them. So I don't even like doing diet soda or energy drinks. Black coffee, green tea. Uh, or water is what I like to people have people stick with that. Um, and then we just fasted until, like I said, two o'clock. And then from there, she ate every two and a half to three hours of meals that compromised of roughly 30 grams of protein, um, 10 grams of fat, and then fibrous vegetables, which I don't count the carbs or calories on those. So she ate every two and a half, three hours till she went to bed. So I think that day she got four meals in. And the next day we got up and just started on that uh, no carb plan outside of fibrous vegetables for the uh, rest of the week so far. And as of yesterday morning, she was seven pounds down uh, from her starting weight, which was a perfect time to uh, go out and have some sushi and kind of build up the uh, carbs and glycogen within her liver. So that's what we did. And then today it was back to zero carb. Um, we'll do the same thing tomorrow on Saturday until tomorrow night where we're going to go out to dinner, um, her and I. So kind of gives you an idea of what we've been doing. Um, again, I know you guys hear me talk a lot about pounding carbs and focusing on the Perry workout window. As much as I love that and believe in it, and that's not always the recipe that everyone needs for success. Me knowing her body over the course of the last 10 years, um, she thrives and does very, very well on little to no carbohydrates. Um, so and that's where she feels the best and operates the most effective. So that's what we kind of did. We're kind of reverse engineering her diet where typically you'll see me start people out with a ton of calories and then tinger them down. We're actually going to do this opposite. I'm going to get her metabolism cranking in on absolute fire. And then we're going to start adding food back in to kind of do a recomp as she continues to lose body fat. So it'll be kind of a cool process. Um, and I'll be sure when she comes back on again for another future episode, we'll get an update. But uh, I'll get her just to speak um, a little bit about what her thoughts are so far and what her actual end goal is for the starting of the process. 
Um, first of all, hey, everybody. Thanks for having me back. Um, looking forward to talking about this subject, something near and dear to my heart. Um, but as for the past week, um, you know, it's been actually going well. First couple of days are always super hard for me. Um, for those of you who know me in real life, I um, I love junk food. Like, I don't even know a nicer way to say it. But um, so the struggle is real on my end. But um, that's where I am. It's it's one week, almost one week, not quite a weekend, but I feel good. I feel like I don't have all those cravings anymore, which is something that, you know, is really important to get over in that first week. I think it's super easy to say after, you know, two days when the cravings kick in, you know, F this, there's no real point. But, um, you know, watching the scale for me helps. Um, I know for some people it doesn't, and not everybody wants to look at that every day because it can be super discouraging. But for me, it actually helps so that I know that, you know, I'm on the right track. Very cool. Um, you know, that's it's one of those things like, you know, she's worked with a lot of different coaches in the past. Um, but at the end of the day, like, they all came down to just essentially starving her. <laughs> um, and that's including me. Um, when I used to <laughs> yes. be the chief uh, person that ran her diet, by the end, we were starving her and doing tons and tons of activity, which she responds very, very favorably to. I don't do that to everyone because most can't take it mentally, um, but just some food for thought. And to kind of give you guys a different perspective of, you know, how I personally believe there's no one correct way to diet. Everyone's different. And if you aren't truly customizing plans for people, then your coach is garbage or you aren't doing your clients a service if you're a coach yourself. So there's no one size fits all. Some people have to starve. Some people have to eat until they feel like they want to throw up. And most people fall somewhere in the middle of that. Um, but let's get into the topics uh, of today. Again, this is going to be how your inner circle can affect your success. And what does inner circle mean? To me, that means your partner, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, husband, wife, uh, your family, your coworkers, anyone, your kids. It's any- your tribe. Yeah, 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 tribe. Anyone who you regularly have contact with. Um, you know, me coming from a personal training world and background, I got to, you know, really have good, intimate conversation with people, meaning they would tell me how their family support system was outside of the facility. And to me, you have really three different types of support systems. You have ones where your friend's family spouse are supportive and they do nothing but try to help you succeed. You have ones that are extremely negative influences. And then you have others where you're actually your family or your friends want it more than you do. Yeah. Or, or you have some of each. You have people in each group. It's not one size fits all. Yeah, it can be a mixed bag there. Yeah. You know, and it could be, you know, your husband is super supportive, but your friends say, hey, let's come out and have drinks and let's go eat Mexican. Um, or you, it could be the other way. I, I've heard, I can't tell you how many women have said to me, my husband loves that I have a fat ass and big tits, and I don't, they don't want they don't want me to lose it. Uh, just for a second, my husband says that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I know how to fix it. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, let, let's kind of start out uh, with the the easiest one, meaning you know you have a background where everyone's uber supportive. Well, and before before we go into that, sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to say kind of what we talked about last time about you know, kind of setting yourself up for success. One of the things that you have to remember in all of this, if you aren't ready for this, it doesn't matter how supportive your friends and family are. Because if you're not ready, if you're not at that point, then it's not going to happen. And, um, you know, we, we have a three-year-old and I had lots of complications 
when I was pregnant and after he was born and, you know, we, we just had a lot of issues. So I had a lot of issues and the stress was insurmountable on me. I have a full-time job. I work part-time at Orange Theory as a coach. So there was a lot going on in our lives. And honestly, until this moment, I haven't been ready. And, um, you know, I just wanted to say that because, you know, I've in the past when, when I, after I first had him, I was like, okay, I'm ready, Chris, let's, let's get back on this. And it lasted maybe a week, maybe two um, you know, or, you know, a couple years later, like, hey, let's try this again. And it, it doesn't work because I wasn't ready. So I just want to, you know, remind everyone that if you're not at that place, and it could be because you need to lose 45 pounds, 50 pounds or more, or it could be because you want to diet for lose 10 pounds for a show, or, you know, gain 15 pounds of muscle or whatever it is. But if you're not ready to take that next step, it doesn't matter how your support system is because you're not going to be successful. And something cool, like, again, we're, our goal today is I, I want to share some, like, real-life application here. Um, a, a topic we're going to get get to at the end of this is actually going to be how, you know, her and I balance that. Um, but to, to kind of tie in what she just said with our first topic is I always encourage her to be healthy, be active, train, um, because that, that's how we met. That's what I know. That's what I believe in. Um, during my last contest prep, she was actually working with Shelby, had lost like 20 pounds, was looking absolutely incredible. I mean, working her tail off, was somehow managing work and our, our two boys and life. And then I just got to a point in prep where I literally couldn't do anything outside of <laughs> train, work, the few clients uh, every day or every few hours that I had to deal with. And then handle the online clients that I have. And she had to shut it down because I was absolutely zero help. So in that, even though I can be a huge support system, make meals, train her at the gym, write up workout plans, have the perfect meal plan, have all the food and supplements available at our house, it does not matter. Once I shut that part down and stop making meals and said, listen, I have barely enough energy to stand, much less make your meals and train you at the gym. That shows you that a person can change those categories within a few months or weeks. So, you know, it's one of those things like just because your husband is supportive at the beginning doesn't mean he's going to be supportive at the end. Or on the flip side of that, he may be not supportive at all because he's like, fuck, here goes another diet again and just kind of blows you off because they think, oh, this she's not serious again. And then once you start gaining momentum... He'll be like, hey, man, you know, she's really putting in work. You know, I can see noticeable difference. Um, you know, she steps out of the shower and it's like, oh, shit, that's a lot of change. Mm-hmm. And they can become start to be supportive. So, you know, yeah. don't necessarily write someone off just because they start out positive or negative. So the first group we're going to talk about is people who are uber supportive. And what that means is, you know, they just they're just positive in nature. They may help you with, you know, buying supplements or, again, all the things I just listed, making food. Um, training you in the gym, you know, nothing but encouragement. Um, the impact of that that I always experienced with clients one-on-one is, is that super, super important because a majority of people want to, they seek approval from others. And if every time you came home, you know, your husband or wife told you how great you looked and they're really proud of you for getting up and going to the gym and making time for your health, that's a huge impact. Um, and, and, you know, not everyone needs that. I'm not one of those people. I don't need to be patted on my back and given a cupcake. But some people do. Um, and sometimes you have to realize as the other person that your partner, spouse, friend may just need some some words of encouragement um, in that moment. I mean, do you agree with that? A hundred percent. I mean, I think that you, you know, we all have friends who, you know, we have the good friends and the bad friends. And the bad friends are, you know, not bad in nature, but they are 
ones that we um, tend to do stuff that maybe, you know, we know we shouldn't do for, you know, there's a, there was a, a thing on one of my social media accounts the other day that said, that's a really bad idea. What time should I be there? So those are your, what I call your bad friends or the people that want to go out and drink with you and stuff. But um, you have those good friends that support you. They, you know, I have a friend who never diets and she is, you know, will smack a piece of food out of my hand if I'm on a contest diet. If I grab a piece of candy from her office, she's like, oh, hell no, you're not doing that. And she will literally smack it out of my hands. She's gone to me with every for every show. She's glued my bathing suit down for me or my bikini down. She's, um, you know, seen me naked 5,000 times because that's part of the, the, the way it works. Um, but you know, that's, that's someone I have that supports me. She, she walks through every step of it with me, obviously, you know, Chris, super supportive. Um, you know, we, Chris and I have very, I would say quite non-traditional roles in our household. Um, Chris makes all the food, for example, um, when I, he doesn't, when he steps away, when he's gone, I am a little bit lost because then I don't have that fruit prep available. So you know, I think when you think about friends or family members who are super supportive, in in 90% of the situations, it's super positive, right? But there are, you have to plan for what happens when they're sick or they don't feel good. Or, you know, if you're encouraging, being encouraged, you need that support from your friends. And then you have a day where they don't tell you you look great or they don't make your food or they don't you know, give you a word of encouragement, then how is that going to impact you in the long run? I think those are the easiest people to be around, though, when you're on a on a contest diet. Um, you know, my friend Kelly will always say, you know, if we go out to a luncheon and I'm not eating the food that's at the restaurant, then she'll somebody jumps in, she'll be the first to lay the smack down on them and say, you know what, she's training, leave her alone, she's fine. So, you know, I think we all we all need that person in our life, whether it's you know, someone that you hang out with every day, somebody you see once a, a month, once a year, or just talk to on the phone. You know, to me, that is, it's that positive energy. And you know, that's something yeah. that David, the guy who does my massage, or Jimmy Bluff has talked to me about multiple times is, is the transferring of energy. <clears throat> you know, when they touch my body, they transfer positive vibes into me. And if I have negative in me, it'll get transferred into them. Yeah. And that's crazy, you know, to think about. But think about the people in your life who always have a smile on their face, always supportive, always glass half full. Th those are rays of sunshine. <laughs> those yeah. people are invaluable. Um, <clears throat> you know, they wake up with a vicar to attack life. And those are people who I think I'm always drawn toward um, because they have passion. And to me, it's exuded in every aspect of their life, um, no matter if they're having an awful day or a great day. Um, and again, those are the that's the easy group, right? That's what everyone wishes they had. Um, sadly, we all have people who are negative influences. Um, you know, they're the ones who are always asked, you know, how long are you going to be doing this? Or you don't look healthy anymore. Or it looks like you have cancer. Or, oh my God, this is weird. Or you're never any fun. Or one bite or one drink or, you know, this or that. It won't hurt if you miss one workout. Um, those are the people who inevitably make you question if you're don't have a bulletproof mindset why you're doing this. Mm -hmm. um, and I cannot tell you how many emails, how many in people clients that I've had that have reported back and it really wears them down and gets to them. Um, Andrew, I mean, I know with you at work, you probably hear that supportive, negative friends, family. What's your thought on those type of people? 
I mean, I think that, you know, again, we all have that negative influence in our life. I think that what you have to, you know, what, what I always think about is I went to a work event. This was a long time ago, but I was doing my very first contest diet and we were in a, in a meeting at night at a bar and everyone was having a drink and I had a water. Um, and you know, the people from my company, um, knew that I was doing a contest. I knew what I was doing, knew that I wasn't going to eat, but the other people we were meeting didn't. And so one of the, one of the people from my company looked over at someone and said, well, she's having celery with a side of water. Um, and you know, that was the running joke for a while that, that I ate celery with water. Now, was it a negative influence per se? This person was actually being super nice and supportive, but you know, it could have easily gone the other way. They could have easily said, you know, why aren't you eating this? Or why aren't you doing that? It's hard to diet, train, be in this environment when you have people that aren't in this environment around you. Um, because they don't always understand what you're doing. And they don't under always understand why you can't have a grilled chicken breast and a salad when you go to Outback Steakhouse um, or wherever you might be. So, and you know, that doesn't, it's not common sense for people. So they don't understand why, why you're not doing it. And so you have to look at that and, you know, this is a mindset. So just like with the positive influences in your life, you have to look at those negative ones and think what's going to happen when, when I have to go to this environment and be with these people that are eating, because eating is very social, you know, here in America, it's very, um, normal for us to, you know, we have birthdays. What do we celebrate with? Cake. We have Christmas. What do we celebrate with? Shitloads of food. We have Thanksgiving, <laughs> Easter, candy. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. think about what we do. I was just thinking about Easter the other day. Someone with, bo is born. Someone dies. Food. It's food. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's it's you know, and there are better options, right? There's you can send a fruit basket, but most people aren't doing that. Most people are sending cupcakes or cakes or you know gift cards. Or we just bought my parents a gift card for their anniversary, and it was of course for food. Um, I was actually driving down the road the other day. I think the world can be a negative influence on you. The way our culture is set up, because you drive down the street and every other thing you see is a restaurant or a restaurant ad. Of course, we don't live in a super, you know, rural area, but. There's restaurants everywhere. So it's real easy to go through the drive-thru or stop at Sheets or go to, Sheets is my go-to, by the way, um, or go to, you know, wherever to get Chick-fil-A. Well, Chick-fil-A is healthier, right? It's the Lord's calories. doesn't count. <laughs> right. Um, but even that is a negative influence on you when you really kind of get down to it. But, you know, again, back to the friends that are negative influences, I think that you have to, the biggest one I always hear is, how much more are you going to lose? Yeah. Haven't you lost enough? You don't even look healthy at this. Are you okay? Um, you know, because they don't understand, especially if you're contest dieting. It's not quite as bad if you're just losing general weight loss, I don't think. No. You know, there gets to a point, though, in a contest prep where you transition from being a normal person losing weight. Um, and I use the term normal generally, by the way, you know, regular dieting. And to shifting into contests and people go, oh my gosh, why is your face so emaciated? I have this forehead vein that always sticks out when I get super lean. And it's like, I can see the forehead vein. It's time to let go. So, so I have two thoughts on this with negative influencers. <clears throat> One is, I think some people, I'm not saying all of the people, I think some people are just inherently negative. <laughs> I've worked with a lady for years who it didn't matter if she just sold $10,000 in memberships, she'd still come tell me how shitty your day was. <laughs> um, and, I, and, I, and she's a great lady, but she's always negative. Um, I think some of those negative people are simply just jealous of the fact that you're able to make progress. 
they see you doing what they wish they had the willpower to do. And you have to recognize that. And some of those people, you just have to nod your head and walk away. Um, because at the end of the day, why are you doing this? And I've always, I always, something I share with Ty or oldest son or any of my clients is my goals have to be more important than the other person's emotional attachment to my goals. Right. It does not matter. Um, which kind of leads me to my next point, a, a very powerful tool. And I know that not everyone can do this is I just, me personally, I do not care what other people think about me. I don't, um, I care about what I'm trying to accomplish and the goal that I'm chasing, whether that be to raise my kids to the best of my ability or jumping on a table and screaming that I love my wife because I don't care <laughs> if that's what, if that's what my goal is. If my goal is to be, be a better bodybuilder, I'm going to have to take food and eat out of Tupperware. And I don't care if people look at me at and look at me weird and judge me and say, Oh, there's that dumb fucking meathead eating out of Tupperware. I don't <laughs> care. Um, that's powerful. And I wish that everyone could experience that for one day of how freeing that is. I really promise you your mental health will be a lot stronger. Um, there's only a handful of people that I truly value their opinion in this life. And if I disappoint them, that's a totally different story. But general people who are in my day-to-day -day life who I really have no emotional connection for. And, that, and here's what, how I characterize that. Am I willing to jump in front of a bullet for you? That's who I characterize as people I value their opinion. I would give up my life for my son, for my wife, for my dad, my brother. I wouldn't think twice about it. Those are the people I care about their their opinion right. of me as a person day to day. And they I all, would disagree uh, with that. <laughs> okay, go. Tell me why. I would I'm disagree wrong. with that because we, you know, we we go to I I don't know. I just think that there are times when we go to family functions and Luckily for you, your family's not like this. Your family is a positive support, I would say, in pretty much all aspects. They know that they know. They just know him. They know he's not going to eat. And even your parents know I don't. Even my parents <laughs> know he's not going to eat when we go to certain events. So I don't think that you would give a crap, even if they did care. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I, so I think that you need to. You know, it's it's all about what your what your hat. So one of the things that you want to think about with a negative influence, it's not just that the person is like, oh, why are you doing this? Or that's terrible or whatever. But it's also things like if you have a habit with your spouse, family, friends, whoever, and you stop, you break that habit, that's detrimental to them in a lot of ways emotionally, right? So if you and I have a habit, Chris and I don't really drink, so I can use this as an example, but if Chris and I had a drink or two or three every night, or maybe we went out every Saturday night and had drinks with all of our friends, we, and all of a sudden I stopped, but he didn't, that's not in any way going to be positive. But let me ask you this. How is me not drinking affecting how good of a time you're having? That's a serious question. I'm not being a smart ass. Yeah, no, I know. It's about a connection, though. That's what we did. We don't do this, but that's what we did. That's what we did as a couple. We share a drink or two or three every night, and then we, you know, I don't know, swing from the chandeliers. Um, then if you stop doing that, then that's that's a problem for me. It's kind of like date night, right? We go on date nights on the weekend. One of the reasons it's really hard sometimes for me personally to be successful is because I'm going to go out on Saturday night and I want to have a dinner with my husband or, or with my husband and kids or with my family or with my friends or whoever it might be. But I don't want to go out and do that with you guys doing it and I'm just sitting there. Now, can I do it? Yes. Will I do it? Absolutely. But the first couple times, 
is going to be super hard. Probably harder for me than for you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then you feel guilty, right? It's like, oh, well, I probably shouldn't eat this Snickers bar in front of her. What, you know. Um, if we, you know, same thing. A better example might be in the summer. If we take our kids for ice cream every Friday night, we go to the park and we go for ice cream. And then all of a sudden, I'm not having the ice cream. Although I might be okay with it. I might be fine not having ice cream. But you're not. You but might feel guilty. You might feel like you're, you're, you know, maybe you shouldn't have ice cream because I'm not having ice cream. You're speaking about the hypothetical me. I'm speaking, yes, because, of course I am. Because, listen, my Rocky Road ice cream is going to taste just as good if she eats it or if it doesn't. I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, or on the flip side, like, if I would, uh, again, I realize that I may not be normal, but, like, if I go eat a diet, drink a Diet Coke and sit and watch everyone eat Chick-fil-A, I'm, I'm going to be pretty chill with it because I know at the end of the day, like, I'm choosing a different lifestyle. Like, I don't know how that really socially affects the people around me but again it goes back to me not really you giving don't care a fuck. right you don't care about the people around <laughs> um, you I, I care i do i care right, right. Yeah, that's, that's why, me intrinsically that's I why care. we're different humans um that's why i think we get along so well but okay well and so you know today i can use today for an example someone said to me you know i really am i'm excited i'm working on working with a transformation challenge and she said you know i'm really excited this thing is finally over today and I said, oh, yeah, why? And it was because every time I need to do something with my family or friends or I want to go out and have a meal, I either say no, so I isolate myself socially, or I go and I'm miserable the whole time. And so it's not that, you know, it's it's the pressure almost that you put on yourself that can drive negative, your friends and families to being a negative influence when maybe they really aren't. Oh, yeah. Okay. But now I'm going to go on a slight tangent here. Something that Angela has been trying to really teach me uh, with myself in particular is when I do a contest diet, in my mind, I associate with bodybuilding and being in condition as a suffer contest. And I realize it's not a suffering contest, but that's what I make it to at the end for me is I have to get into this mindset almost of like I'm going to be like going to war. And it's almost how much pain can I endure to get into crazy condition? Um, and you know, she said something to me a year, two years ago, three years ago, and I never really soaked it in until recently, but you said to me, you only feel as awful as you allow your brain to think you're going to feel. Yep. And like, that's pretty powerful. So this coming contest season, whether it's this year or next year, I'm going to try to embrace that in, yes, I'm going to be hungry. Yes. My body made me tired and hurt, but I'm not going to let that affect me like I have in the past. Where I almost just, I, I definitely isolate myself and I find myself waking up earlier and earlier. I'll wake up at 3 30, 4 o'clock in the morning, go do cardio when no one's at the gym. By the time I get home, I help her get the boys together after I've had a meal or two, get them to school, and then I'll come do my client work and then I'll isolate myself. I'm alone. When I'm training, I'm in my own world. Um, so that's something interesting, I think, to, you know, you just said that about, you know, you feel isolated and, and l- listen, I know what that feels like. Like you almost feel like your back's against the wall and no one's there but you, um, which I know is not the case, yeah. um, but, you know, something cool. All right. So let's move on to the next one. Um, this is kind of a, I've experienced this a lot, actually, um, believe it or not. And that's when your friends, family, partner, spouse, pa- your own parents end up, they want this more than you do, um, th- you know. I can't tell you people I'd have where the husband or the wife would come in and say, Chris, here's, I want, here's a thousand dollars. I want, I need you to train my husband for as long as his last and get him in shape because he's going to die. Um, you know, whether it be his, uh, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, he's given a death sentence by his doctor. He, you know, doesn't want to be on an insulin pump. 
whatever that may be. Um, and then on the flip side of that, I've also had people who want their spouse to compete. <laughs> and they kind of, they like one's all in and the other one's like one foot in, <laughs> one foot out. And they're like, here's all the money. Train them like, my wife can do a bikini show. I'll do a bodybuilding show. And like, she's like, eh, I just kind of want to lose some weight for the beach. <laughs> so these are, you know, these people are always pushing. They, you know, they'll buy or give you anything. They'll tag you in posts on social media to try to motivate you. They're the people who drag you across the finish line, essentially. Um, and I've always felt like, and, and Angel, you spoke about this at the beginning about, you know, you having friends that want it more than you do because at the end of the day like you you end up almost resenting those people and i've actually seen a marriage break up because of this yeah <laughs> um it's terrifying and i say one it's more than one but I just, right now i'm literally thinking of one in particular um you know at the end of the day your friends and family your partner whatever can't choose to want this more than you do uh you have to look yourself in the mirror and make that decision whether whether that maybe just maybe getting active and moving or coming see a trainer a few days a week or starting a meal plan like you know i, I feel like you have a lot of experience with these yeah. type of people yeah. um so i'll let you speak on that for a second yeah i mean i think that so what's the most important to me in this is that you're doing it for you and not for somebody else and you know we all get into situations where um for whatever reason, you know, you're par- you get married, your partner gains 40 pounds, right? And you're not with the same person that you married. <laughs> they don't look the same. They don't, you know, they're not as active as they used to be. They're into different stuff now, whatever. So you have that drive to push them. Obviously, I never have this issue because obviously Chris does this year round. But, um, you know, I think that you... You're right. You have to you have to want it for yourself before anybody else can want it for you. And I think that, you know, part of that is if you find your spouse wanting that, you have to ask why. And I say spouse. It could be friend, partner, you know, whoever, family member. Um, I, mean, I get a lot of parents that have came to me in the past. And whether it be a teenage kid or a kid in their 20s yeah. or even in their 30s, they're like, look, you know, my, my, my son or daughter needs to lose weight. Like, it's almost scary. Like, you know, I've had clients where their parents are actually in better shape than the kids. Yeah. I mean, they're both adults. I say kids, but they're a literal child. Even though they may be 60, their kid's 30. And that's terrifying to them. And they're like, man, you know, if I can do this at 60, why, why can't my son do it at 30? Um, and, and that's, I've had a lot of people buy training for their kids. And they end up, mm-hmm. they ended up using it for themselves because the, the son or daughter just didn't come. Well, let me just say that there is nothing that makes me happier in the whole world than beating some kid's <laughs> 15-year-old's ass when I'm on the treadmill and they're beside <laughs> me. So, which is stupid, I realize. But, you know, as um, someone who's not in their teen years anymore, that makes me happy because whether you know it or not, we're racing. Um, but, you know... We think about our, you know, we talk about this a lot with our kid. You know, our oldest is um, 13 and he really wants to be a wrestler. And, you know, he is at that 13-year-old stage. And if anybody, any of you have 13-year-olds, you know that it's, you know, life's very complicated at 13. Um, But, you know, he's new into wrestling. He's played football his whole life. He's done some other stuff. But he, you know, really shows some talent as a wrestler, especially a new wrestler. I'm not saying he's winning every match by any means, but he does show talent as a new wrestler. And he was 11-3. and That's pretty successful. He was 11-3 and last year, and it was only his second year. He did middle school only, so there was no extra travel teams or anything like that. We didn't do anything in the offseason except send him to a camp or two, two camps last summer. Uh, But that was it. So, and middle school season's short. It's like two months. It's not very long at all. 
Um, you know, so we struggle now because he says he wants to go to college. He wants to wrestle in college. And so, you know, as parents, we think of all the things we can do to help him get there. and The things that we have means to do, whether it's, you know, training or nutrition or paying for camps or paying for a travel team or whatever it is. But you have to think about, you know, how far do you push your kid? How far do you? And it's not just for your kid. It could be an adult. It could be whoever it is. But, you know, that is a struggle is, you know, you... If you know the way, if you've gone through the process, if you've been on insulin and you're off insulin now because you've gotten your type 2 diabetes in control or whatever it might be, and you know that you can help this next person that you love and care about, and whether it's to get better at a sport or a, again, decreasing insulin levels or whatever, you, you have to, it has to still be their goal. It has to still be their their push, their desire. I can't push you farther than you're willing to push yourself. So what's funny is all my bodybuilders' ears just perked up when you said insulin. And so they're like, oh, insulin not protocols. Not that kind of insulin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's the same kind of insulin. It's well, just different purposes. Not that kind of purpose, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That'll be a future episode. We'll get into <laughs> insulin protocols. Because <laughs> um, they were like, oh, hold on. <laughs> insulin, start listening. Um, that's a joke. Um, <laughs> you know, listen, my, my parents gave me every single means to be the best athlete on the planet. And I'm going to supply Ty and Daxon, those are our two boys, with that exact same ability. They didn't know or had the same knowledge base that I do. Um, So what I can give them will be far superior. That doesn't mean, though, that I I told Angel this story the other day. um, when, When I was going into the eighth grade, I don't know where my mom saw it on TV, read it in the newspaper. One of her friends told her, she said... Chris, if you want to throw the ball further, you have to do curls every single night. So she went downstairs in the basement and got one of my dad's adjustable dumbbells, brought it upstairs, and she told me to do curls. So literally every night before bed, I would do curls until my right arm almost fell off. How come you don't have giant biceps? It should be as big as your head. Yeah, yeah, damn right. (laughs) Because I didn't eat enough. That's why. Um, So, and then that's what I would do, right? So in my mind... um, you know, again, even though that might not be the best knowledge and it wasn't, she was trying. She was trying in her mind to make me a better athlete. So that's what I want to pass on to them. Like, I don't didn't want them ever to look back on their life and say, man, if I just went to this camp or if he would have spent a little bit more time in the gym with me or if he would have given me the meal plan he was on. So, like, that's kind of my thought process. But like she said, like, that's a discussion her and I have chronically about him is, you know, do we violently shove forward yeah. or do we let it happen right. on his own time? But I think that it's, it, it, that goes for everybody, right? Yeah. That goes for couples or it, it's not just us and our kid, but I think that applies universally. That's why I failed a lot as a, tra- as a young trainer is I actually wanted results for my clients more than they did. Right. <laughs> and I would have these like heart to heart conversations with them and I slowly realized and actually to the point where I became jaded that everyone was going to fail for a period of my career because I couldn't understand why, like you pay all this money for training, you show up, you work with me and then you just lose your mind when you leave the gym. And I couldn't understand like, cause you tell me you want to lose weight. You tell me you want to be bigger or muscle or whatever. And then you go out of the gym and all your actions tell a different story. And I'll be like, what are you doing? And they're like, why do you care so much? I'm like, because you're paying me to make you better. And I couldn't figure that out. <laughs> um, and that was a hard psychological thing for me to adjust to it. Yeah. 23, 24, because I thought when you came to the gym, your goal was to attack whatever you were about to be, because I hadn't, didn't have a lot of experience with interpersonal people. Um, but it kind of pushes us to kind of a next topic here. I think everyone sees it on Instagram and Facebook. You know, to me, the 
ultimate of this is like if you you guys follow social media at all in bodybuilding world like dana and rob bailey or like everyone says power couple right and they hashtag it and you know i've always wondered like is it real is it fake um i i, I don't get like to me what the definition of that is i have angela's back no matter what no matter if she's 300 pounds 120 whether she quits her job or has the best job um you know, it, as long as she's honest and uh, is faithful to me, like there's nothing her and I can't conquer together. Um, that's what a, to me, a true power couple is. It's not, you know, her and I posting photos in the gym with a matching outfit. Um, it's not her and I lifting together. That If she does her own workout and I does do my own, that doesn't make us more or less of a power couple, in my opinion. Um it just doesn't. Uh, to me, what that means is, as I said earlier, am I willing to jump in front of a bullet for her? And <laughs> without a doubt, that's the only woman ever in my entire life that I've said that about. And it will only be that way until the day they put me in the ground. Um, when I think that, you know, power couples, when you think about, like, to me, I think people, I think, I don't know, people, <laughs> yeah, I've never hashtagged power couple, by the way. Um, but no. I think that the reason people do that is that means I support you, you support me no matter what. And we are doing this gym thing together. And people use power couple as a really specifically in this world, this bodybuilding world as um, look at us training together, dieting together, eating together, all that good stuff. But I think that, you know, Chris hates this cliche. Yeah. Generalized converse, hashtags and stuff people use about power couples. Yeah, here, here's my problem is there's mo- there's people who have multiple power couples within a given fucking year. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't tell you how many people I see, oh, I've just met my new soulmate. Well, that was someone else three weeks ago. Um, <laughs> that's ridiculous. You know, <laughs> I always say, you know, do they truly exist in the long term? And, and getting deeper into this, <clears throat> to me, you know, I always tell people I don't have a plan B, you know, I think sadly with social media, you know, listen, if you're an attractive female, there's going to be dudes who throw you some bones in your DMS. I'm not stupid about that. Like I realize my wife's a beautiful woman. Like that's just part of it. Um, but at the end of the day, like I feel, I feel like, you know, people view others as plan B's. They're like, Oh, if my husband doesn't work out, I have these four dudes on the side that are, you know, chatting me up on Instagram. Like, Damn, I gotta get busy on my plan B. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, you know, <laughs> you know <clears throat> like that's what I'm talking about. You know, they're, they're, they're people are looking for exit strategies because they're like, "Oh, this is hard. Our relationship isn't perfect." Well, of course not. <laughs> no one's relationship is perfect. And like I said to you, like with this bodybuilding thing, there is no plan B for me. I'm gonna ride this bodybuilding train until it, my until the wheels fall off, and my body's gonna break, or I'm gonna wake up one day and decide I don't feel like dieting anymore. And then I'm going to choose another uh, path of life for however long. That might be five years, 10 years, 30 years. I don't know, however long I'm given to live. To me, there's no other option. As I just said a few minutes ago, unless she lies, lies, like major crazy, stupid lies or cheats on me, there's no reason I'm leaving her. Well, I think that people, you know, in, in a sense, power couple to me can mean you have someone that's in your corner that supports you. The first thing we talked about today, right? That is your ride or die. That's your person that is, you know, going to support you no matter what. The problem is people hashtag that too soon. Yep. They talk about it too early. And yep. 
Um, you know, we've been together for 10 years and we, we never post stuff like that about each other. Um, you know, it doesn't, you, it doesn't have to be on social media to be real. And you end up looking like a fool because you, two weeks later, you're with a new person and you're hashtagging power couple again. So if you are hashtagging power couple, maybe that's because you really love, you know, it's not that you're deeply in love or maybe you think you are, but that you have somebody that supports you no matter what. Well, does that make you more powerful than us? I don't think so. Um, what it what it does is, and you know, that means in some ways, and you know, Chris and I fight about stuff like this all the time because I don't mind the cliche stuff as much <laughs> as he does. But it, it is it is kind of funny because, you know, we live in this day and time of if it's not posted, it's not real. And, you know, what is on social media is there and it's meant to be like it's taken for the gospel. You know, and I, I made a post this last week of a, a, a team in the studio with me, and it was not a husband-wife couple. It was a man and a woman. They were celebrating her um, an, a, a, a accomplishment that she had. And this this female that, that I posted, she, her husband, she and her husband come, this male, he and his wife come. But they weren't together in the picture. And and it started the biggest fucking mess of rumors that these two were a couple. They weren't a couple. Were they a power couple? In that moment, yes, because they supported each other. They were celebrating with each other. They helped each other get through that workout. Are they sleeping together in real life? Or is there anything going on? Absolutely not. It wasn't like that. So, you know, I just... Don't get me on it. Obviously, I'm going on a rant about that. But... Be, be careful what you post. Be careful what you say. And we're all, we all get into that, right? I, sometimes I'll say, Chris, um, I'm, on your social media, it doesn't even look like you're married. Like, I, you know, I, I know what world you're in. I know all you see is pictures of girls half naked. Like, come on, give a sister a break. Like, and it, it's stupid. It's, re, it's unrealistic. It's ridiculous because I know the truth is my husband comes home to me at night. I, I you know, I trust him. Are we a power couple? Hell yeah, we are. Are we posting about it? No, because we don't need to because it's not it's not necessary. You know, it's one of those things like I think you guys have seen me post this a lot. If you see me train hard, I don't have to post it. <laughs> right. What? You, you know it. When you see me get out of a hack squat, you know I left my soul on that machine. If you see me hang out around my wife, there is no doubt in my mind or anyone else's that I would trade her for the world. Um, you know, her boss, the first time he ever saw us interact, he was like, that man will never cheat on you. (laughs) I don't know if you remember that. Um, and it's true because I adore, you know, speaking of what she just did and kind of wrap this subject up and before we move on to the next, like, you know, I always, one of the things that I can't stand about this current society is the fact that people throw the word love around really easily. Um, very easily as they throw around power couple, like the word, I can't tell you how many people I say, Oh God, I love you. That's, I don't say I love you to anyone but our kids, my dad, and her. I do that, by the way. She does do that. I'm like, you don't truly love them. You don't even know them. Like, again, that's just a different, (laughs) again, a different mindset. I'm not going to tell some random person or even a client that I love them. I may love their behavior, but I don't love them and love their soul as a person. Like, to me, that is something very, very different and means something different to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, moving on, no more ranting and talking about craziness here. You know, Something that it, it's easy to be in a spouse or supportive of someone when things are easy. Um, you know, so the next topic I have here is, you know, what happens when things get hard? Um, you know, what happens when 
the coach pulls the cheat meal on the weekend where, you know, you were looking forward to that date night all week, but it's the Friday update and it's, Hey, we have six weeks to a show and you don't get any more cheat meals. You have to eat chicken and rice. <laughs> you have to eat fish and asparagus. Um, you know, or you're always in the gym. If your cardio gets increased to twice a day and you have to train once or twice a day, that's hours away from your significant other that they're used to. Um, you know, when you're tired or don't have energy, um, you know, I think something that Angela is really great at, but at the same time she's bad at <laughs> is she doesn't take me being an asshole personal. Um, sometimes I, I can get very nasty and aggressive. You know what's funny? Go, go, go. Not during a contest prep. Okay. But I think in real life, outside of contest prep, I do. That's kind of weird when I think about it. Um, anyway, I, 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 I stopped to, to interject on that, but I wanted to say that, you know, one thing that you have to, this goes back to you being ready, right? Because we talk, we're talking about, you, you know, your circle, your tribe and all that good stuff today. But we're also talking about, it, it boils down to whether you're ready for that positive influence, that negative influence, or that person that's going to push you over the edge, right? So one thing today I saw on social media, it was a post that I had from when our son was first born. He was barely two months old. And it was a picture of him laying on Chris's chest. And he was little tiny. And my post was, this is the picture I got when I got to the gym. When I thought I needed alone time, all I really want to do is to go back home right now. So, and in that moment, I remember standing in the gym in tears thinking, oh my God, I have to be here for the next two hours to do my cardio and train and, and, you know, figure out how to, how to get all this done when my newborn's at home and all I want to do is go home and be home with my kid and my, and my husband. So I'm kind of going back to what we talked about earlier, but you know, it goes back to, are you ready? Are you in that spot? Are you, when things get hard, that was a really hard moment for me. And, you know, during contest prep, it's no easier. You know, the last time I did a contest prep, Chris touched on this earlier, but I said to myself, you know, our style was eight, nine. Yeah, he was eight. I think he was around eight at the time. But I said to myself, all right, I'm going to do this thing, but I am not going to let this affect me. I'm not going to let this affect me going out with my girlfriends. I'm not going to let this affect my summer with my son. I'm not going to let this affect anything else outside of my life. And if it does, I'm not going to do this anymore because I don't want that to be my life. I don't want to be miserable my whole life. And, you know, your, um, if you think your thoughts enhance your actions, right? If I'm thinking how miserable I am and how much I don't want to be around people, then I'm going to project that. And I'm not going to, people are going to see that and they're going to read into it. So I went to Bush Gardens on a contest prep. Chris would never in a million years <laughs> ever do that. No. I walked out to the, you know, to I've I had all my stuff packed with me. I had it in a cooler. I put it in the locker. You know, when it was time to eat, I'd walk back, I'd grab my food, I'd eat, I'd, you know, I'd make my shakes. I worked my meal plan out so that that day I can enjoy that day with an eight-year-old who just wanted to go have fun. He is never going to remember the fact that I stepped on stage in a bikini, ever. He's not, He didn't care. He's never actually seen me compete. So, you know, you talk about when it gets hard, the first thing that matters is are you ready for it? Because if you're not, if you're not ready for it, it's going to be easy to cheat. Yeah. It's going to be easy to be pissy and in a bad mood and be angry and, you know, all those things that come with with lack of calories and, and lots of exertion. 
Um, so that leads us into this last thing, which is, you know, how does it work in the long run? And I'm going to kind of touch on the thing. And I, and I wrote on here, I want hard examples from our experience. Um, speaking for me last time, uh, which would you rate that the worst behavior I had? Absolutely. <laughs> Without a doubt. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Now also remember we had a, a small child. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 18 month old son who was um, sick a lot and she still believes i never told her to this day i was going to compete i just decided to do it all right so hold on a second <laughs> first of all um i chris said i'm you know i'm gonna start dieting a little bit i'm like okay cool. it's the truth he's like i'm gonna start losing a little bit of weight let's be honest he gained a little bit when i was pregnant too it was not nearly what i gained it was like five pounds maybe maybe ten and i said you know what okay you want to see your abs for the summer i get it i understand rock it out have a good time I say see your abs. He could still see his abs. But, you know, maybe you wanted them chiseled in. Whatever. Striations in his quad. Okay, I got it. So, all of a sudden, one day, I looked up and said, you know what? You really look lean. Are you doing a show? Um, Actually, I don't think it happened like that. I think finally one day he started sending updates and updates. And he just casually mentioned, well, you know, I'm like eight weeks, ten weeks to the show. And I'm like, what the hell? What do you mean you're, you know, you're ten weeks to the show? Um... So, yeah. And, and one of my things, by the way, when I was pregnant, I said, you cannot absolutely not do a show until our kid is over two years old. So, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Well, first of all, with that prep, <laughs> it wasn't really even a prep. I just started kind of dieting. And the next thing you know, I was eating a lot of food and getting really lean really fast. If y'all know him, y'all know that is not true. He planned this all along. <laughs> Chris doesn't do anything half-ass. Oh, yeah. And he definitely doesn't contest prep half-ass. So... Do. Right. Yes, that was absolutely, but that was absolute. Not only was it, you know, um, I didn't know it was coming, so I d- couldn't mentally prepare for it. I was on, you know, very little sleep, and he was in a very bad mood. So, one of the thing, <laughs> things, refocusing, that, <laughs> um, one of the things that was interesting about that prep for me was the last, I no, I think that whole 26 weeks, I didn't get a legit meal out. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I was fine with that. <laughs> but especially at the end where... So I got to do some kind of fun things. Like Matt had me do some like McDonald's uh, ice cream cones after training sessions. And make like... But he'd also have me like make homemade low-fat pizza and things. So I was getting free meals. But they weren't your traditional go to Five Guys, go to Outback. You know, go eat sushi, unlimited. So it isn't like we could really like diet. Uh, or sorry, diet. <laughs> Crazy. We couldn't go out and have a meal together. Um, we, because it might listen when I fit, I do that second training session on Saturday, um, and all I could think about was getting home to make that pizza. And then post pizza, I would have ice cream, or sorry, post lift, I'd have ice cream cones. So that's all I would obsess about. I didn't really think about the fact that her and I weren't getting quality alone time together. Where when mm-hmm. I dieted with Shelby in the past, I had at least one free meal a week, and we'd go out together. Um, so. Let me talk about like some things that we did that implemented that I think that helped at least us have some closeness was we started getting a babysitter on Friday nights and her and I would go sit at Starbucks and I'd have a coffee and she'd have a tea and we'd just sit there and talk and engage each other. Like, no, we, yeah. we would, I would leave my phone in the car so I couldn't be bothered by client updates. Um, we weren't scrolling Instagram and Facebook. Um, we would go to the same Starbucks um, and have a meal, or, or not a meal, I say a meal, a drink. It was a meal for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I would drink two or three coffees, if I'm being honest with you guys. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And then we would go across the street and get cupcakes for our boys and bring them home for, and for the babysitter. So to me, that was, you know, that was a nice two hours for me to kind of take my mind off of bodybuilding, off of clients. Um, and that also allowed us, um, in my opinion, at least to kind of reconnect on the week where mm-hmm. I wasn't spending a lot of times, a lot of time around her because when she, when I was there, I, our, our oldest son thought I was sick because all I did was stay in the bed yeah. because I felt so awful at the end. Um, because that's what it took to function. I would eat a meal, I'd lay down, I'd let that food digest, and then it was time to get up to do some sort of exercise, whether it be two training sessions a day, or I was doing two cardio sessions a day at the end. And like, I was just shot between that and doing a little bit of work that I was doing. So like that helped us. Um, I mean, she also could kind of sense, I, I remember one time it was on a Saturday, Sunday, and Sunday I always train my second leg day. And she took the boys and took them shopping and just said, hey, have a whole day where you have zero responsibility. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and literally, I laid in the bed and watched Netflix all day long um, and text her and did my workouts, did my cardio, and life was great. And she knew that I needed that in that moment. Um, you know, a lot of times she'll be like, hey, you need some caffeine <laughs> <laughs> so I can start to focus. So she'd bring me a monster drink or uh, some coffee or um, I think we should have taken a uh, some stock out of Starbucks for as much as I drank Truth. that last show. Um, you know, or sh- she would say, hey, we need to rest and chill. Um, you know, or she'd take the boys to the pool. Um, now, in the grand scheme of life, like, in hindsight, it sounds so silly saying out loud that I couldn't go lay at the pool. But the thing is, if I'm at the pool with the boys, they're like, dad, dad, jump in the water. Daddy, 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 come play with me. Come run around this. And the, I, I, if I'm being honest, at that time, I didn't feel like I had that energy or the energy that I had I needed to save for my next workout or cardio session. Mm-hmm. And that's super selfish. Like saying that now sounds so childish. Um, but in the moment, that's that's where it was. And I think what I want to wrap this up with. Well, hang on a second. I, I, I do want to say, you know, and pull, pulling this full circle, and this may wrap it up for you. Um, pulling this full circle, as much as I know about this, as much as I've been immersed in this world, as much as I work in it, train in it, have competed in it. He's saying all the nice things I said and did for him when he was in contest prep. What he's not telling you is the days I said, you're going to have to go stay at your dad's if you can't check your effing attitude. Or if you want this marriage to work, you need to, you need to at least give a little bit. Um, So, you know, in the moment I can remember feeling like, oh my God, this is never going to end. My husband has turned into the biggest jerk in the whole world. And it's, I, I don't know how I'm going to, I'm going to ever, you know, get over this. So someone who's that supportive and knows what's going on can be also be just as big of a negative person in your life because at the same breath in my world, it was very different. And, and again, although I could be super supportive and understanding and, and, and know there's still that human side. So, you know, I can say be patient with your spouses and family and friends and, you know, do your part. And if that means you're going to Mellow Mushroom and you're drinking a Diet Coke, then do that. If you're miserable, so what? Don't let them see it. Hide that shit inside. Get in the car and then cry or hit the steering wheel or whatever you need to do. But if you act like you're miserable, people are going to make it so much worse for you. And they're going to think you're miserable and they're going to want you to stop. So something really cool is by the very end, I realized that I was, that I was an absolute dickbag. Um and so I, I knew who I took it out on, right? I knew it was Angela, faced the most of it. Our older son, Ty, 
I didn't take it out on him by any means, but I wasn't involved in his life. Right. Like I should have been. He wasn't even going to football games, and normally yeah. he would not have missed a game yeah. for anything no, in the world. Right, 100%. So something cool that I did, um, I, I, my dad and I rented a house. I say my dad. I, we rented a house <laughs> to go down on Wednesday, and something I had waiting on them at home was I had tie a six-pack bag, um, and it was loaded down with all like the junk food that he loved. It was loaded. It had like a superhero shaker cup. It had tons of cool stuff in it. And I knew him and I loved and shared together for Angela. I got her. It was, I can't remember. Was it a coach bag? Was it a Kate Spade bag? Remember. It was something, <laughs> something nice. <laughs> it had a new pair of Nike shoes in it. It had like a new water bottle. Cause that's what she's really into. I think it had a pair of Beats headphones in the there. Way to my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was essentially like I left it on the couch for them along with a note that just reassured them that, hey, I realize I wasn't my normal self and as far as a functioning member of our family. It means the world to me that you guys still care and love me enough to stay by me through this. And both of them came to the show and were excited. And Ty and I woke up Sunday morning at 5 a.m. and went and had IHOP together um, <laughs> while everyone was asleep. He was, like, super stoked um, to be able to do that. But you have to reinvest in the people that support you, in yep. my mind. Absolutely. Um, you know, I took off that Monday and Tuesday, and I asked her to do the same thing when we got back to real life uh, after a swirl of a weekend. Um, and her and I spent the whole day together uh, on Monday. We woke up, we took a walk through... Um, and we took the kids to school. Through a park. <laughs> right, right. We, I, you know, I was an active member of our family again. <laughs> um, I contributed in getting them ready for school and taking them and yeah. all the responsibilities that she took. And I just, you know... The goal there is just to prove to people that, hey, they're not only are you sacrificing, they are also sacrificing for the long term and for the long term betterment of, you know, whatever your goals might be. But at the end of the day, like that bodybuilding show is going to be irrelevant if I win it alone. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, <clears throat> it's just not important if you don't have anyone there to celebrate it with, with you, in my opinion, at least. I'm sure some people, you know, get satisfaction on doing that alone, but, you know, you ran up to me after that show. You had that black dress on. You looked incredible, and you were hugging and kissing all over me. You didn't care that I, you were going to have tan all over you. Like that's super important to me. You know, my brother came. That was super important. My dad was there. He took you know, he took me to get tanned. He you know took me to the grocery store. He showed for me around. He just sat and chilled and drank coffee my with me. Came. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's huge, right? You know, so as much as I enjoy being isolated, like at the end of the day, like those people who are there supporting you. Are, are what's truly important. So the, how I want to wrap this up, I've said my part, like in your opinion, Angela, how do you make this work in the long run? I think you, you find your tribe. I think you love them hard. You take care of them, let them take care of you. And I think you just, you know, understand that you're making a choice to do this. You're not, you don't have to do this. You don't have to lose weight. You don't have to, even if the doctor tells you, you lose weight or you die, you don't have to. You make that choice and you make that choice to be better on stage than you were the last time or to take that plunge to do the first show or to, you know, again, try to lose that insulin um, needle or whatever it might be. You take that step. You say to yourself, I'm doing this for me. And you go do the things with your friends and family. And you when you can't and you don't feel like it, you tell them that, too. And, you know, keep positive. Stay the course. Love yourself, and all the rest will, will come out and wash. Perfect. Thank you guys for listening today. This is Chris Edmonds and our guest host, Angela Edmonds. Bye.